Isaiah 55 and continue where we uh, left off kind of uh, tonight and uh, from this morning. And uh, I learned a new word this afternoon. I have a, uh, well, in reading I learned it, but I also have a dictionary app that uh, that gives me words of the day, and uh, this wasn't the word of the day, however, uh, it uh, could have been, and the word is uh, fructify, fructify, and it means to, uh, to bear fruit or uh, to make fruitful, to produce, fertilize, it's a, uh, a, I guess an agricultural term, to, to fructify, and so uh, the title of tonight's message uh, is, Are You Fructified, <laughs> all right? And uh, I thought it was a cool word. I said, I got to work that in my message. And we said, well, that's just going to be the title uh, because there is a pat- part of this passage in chapter number five deals with uh, the, the fructifying uh, effects of God's word, uh, the power of God's word. Uh, we know, as if you're here tonight and you're saved, you're a Christian, you're in church on a Sunday night, uh, the Bible, I can assume very safely, is important to you. Uh, you uh, are endeavoring perhaps to read through the Bible, perhaps in a year. Um, one of the things that we're going to do uh, in next year, and I, and I can't remember the ex- exact time that we chose it, uh, but we're going to do a 90-day a uh, Bible reading challenge, and uh, we'll, uh, of course, challenge you to do that. Uh, that would take, uh, well, if it takes you a whole year uh, to read the Bible, it takes you about 20 minutes a day uh, of Bible reading in order to stay on track with that. So if you're cutting that, uh, and thirds, how long is it going to take you every day to read your Bible? About an hour. Uh, and uh, here's what you might think. Uh, who has time uh, to read their Bible for an hour? You do. Uh, you've got plenty of time to do that. I don't know, Pastor. I'm going to have to try to figure all that out. Uh, if you need help, uh, I'll, just, I'll just come to your house uh, after work <laughs> and hang out with you until you go to bed, and I guarantee I can find an hour uh, of time, uh, either before work, after work, part. You can do 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes uh, at, in the afternoon, 20 minutes at night, but we're going to try to do 90 uh, days reading the entire Bible. Why? Uh, because of the fructifying power of it. Uh, you just can't go wrong uh, with reading your Bible. So we love the Word of God. We, uh, we know that the Bible, of course, teaches us about itself and the fact that it's the, uh, it's the Word. It is, it is God's revelation of Himself to us. Uh, it is all-sufficient. Uh, it is it's to everything, the Bible says, pertaining to life and godliness. So the sufficiency of God's Word is connected to the fructifying power of the Word that we read about in this passage of Scripture. So we'll go to verse number 8 and begin, and we'll read down through verse number 13, and you'll see uh, the uh, fructification. I don't know if that's a word. Uh, the fructification <laughs> of this, uh, part, this passage. Verse number 8, the Bible says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Uh, Here we go. It says, For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. 
Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. For it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the message tonight. Lord, help us, Lord, from your word uh, to see the importance of it. And God, help us all to be focused on uh, the reading of it, the studying, the memorizing, uh, just the, the meditating on your, on your word. And I pray that you'd help us in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. So there are several parts of uh, this verse or sets of verses, passage, that are familiar to us. Uh, we know uh, you've probably heard quoted or you've quoted or, you, of course, you've read if you're reading your Bible about God's thoughts uh, being higher than our thoughts, His ways being higher than our thoughts. Uh, and one of the takeaways from tonight that I want you to, to have uh, is to realize that it's not a mark of wisdom uh, to try and second-guess God. Uh, as we talked about this morning, the first half of this passage, uh, about the mercy of God, His plan, uh, the gospel contained in chapter number 55, uh, to seek the Lord while He may be, be found and to call upon Him while He, was, he is near, uh, the idea of His thoughts are not our thoughts and ways uh, are not our ways or are higher than them has to do with, uh, with salvation, the gospel message that is contained in there. Of course, it also applies to everything. Uh, he, uh, you know, uh, we don't have a mind like God has. One day uh, we'll have, the Bible says, the mind of Christ. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the day where, uh, where this finite mind uh, that can't really wrap itself around many of the mysteries of God, like try to explain to someone the Trinity. It's pretty tough. Uh, explain to them uh, in regards to Christmas the uh, that God uh, in, is, in, came to earth, uh, in his, Jesus is God incarnate. Uh, he is the 100% God, 100% man. Uh, that's called the hyperstatic union of Christ. Try to explain that to somebody over a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Uh, it's hard. It's the mystery uh, contained in the Word of God. Uh, but one day, uh, either uh, as the Lord comes back and, or, or you go before Him uh, at some point in the Bible, uh, the Bible timing, in God's timing, uh, you'll have a glorified body with the mind of Christ. And you'll understand some things uh, that you didn't understand while you were here. Uh, one of the things you'll all understand at that point is that I was right about everything. Uh, and uh, you'll just, uh, just like that, you'll know uh, in, instinctively uh, with that glorified mind uh, that pastor was right all, uh, all along. So just kind of go with it now uh, and, uh, as we uh, pass this, uh, this time here in here. Uh, so the scriptures teach us his thoughts are higher than our thoughts in his ways. Uh, well, it says his thoughts are not your thoughts. Think about that for a second. Um, his thoughts are not our thoughts. Our thoughts, as I mentioned this morning, we have a hard time forgiving. Here it's talking about the mercy of God. Uh, God is completely capable of, of giving to us mercy and grace. Uh, he pardons, the Bible says, uh, it, with mercy uh, abundantly. Uh, and that is just something that we, of course, cannot do. The way he thinks about a man or a woman who is uh, not his child, uh, he thinks about them differently than you do. You say, how do you know that? Because we look at them with uh, perhaps condescension. Uh, we might look at them with pity or even have compassion, uh, but it's difficult for us to see a sinner 
uh, as a sinner. Now, we're all sinners saved by grace, but you understand what I'm saying. When you, uh, you're walking down the street uh, and, and you run into somebody who doesn't uh, talk like you, look like you, they might be struggling with some type of a sin, uh, and it's very obvious to you. Uh, you, you might get everything like frustrated, you might have fear, uh, you might have a, a whole gamut of emotions, but, uh, but chances of you looking at them like Christ looks at them uh, are slim to none, because our thoughts aren't his thoughts. What we might see as a uh, a, a difficulty or uh, some type of hindrance to uh, to our uh, you know recreation. I.e., if you you go to Seattle and you go downtown uh, nowadays, there's a lot more tent cities, and I'll hear and myself uh, included as we bring people apologizing for uh, what's going on in our city and talk about the drug problem, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but uh, but um, I have never had the conversation driving. I-5 North into the city and just talking about, look at that mission field. Look at, the, look at that mission field of people that need Jesus. Are you following me? Uh, his thoughts aren't our thoughts. Uh, and we need to work on that because we have to have the mind of Christ and we're supposed to see uh, Jesus uh, 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 in us, in one another, but also see the way that he looks at people. His thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways aren't our ways. Uh, so we struggle with forgiveness and restoration. And, uh, and when we bless, we look for something in return, uh, and God doesn't do that. Uh, but, but the scriptures are teaching us here that God always keeps his promises. We don't. Uh, his ways, his thoughts, not our ways. Uh, nothing's impossible with God. God has given us many promises in his word, and he always keeps them. We struggle with that. Uh, so let's look at just three things about the fruit-defying uh, power of God's word. Uh, I might have to. I might have to write that down for you guys back there. You got it. You looked it up. All right, good. He googled it or something, or he's just a spelling bee uh, master. Fructifying God's word. The first thing about that uh, we're going to see in verse number eleven. Uh, the Bible says, "So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth; it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto uh, I had sent it." The Bible says that His word will not return unto Him void. Uh, I have said that; you have said that. As we, uh, as I try to explain the importance of Bible reading, uh, that you can't. Um, there's blessings in the reading of God's word, uh, but here's here's what. Some people say, uh, and we're going to prove from this passage tonight about fructification, uh, that when you say this, you are 100% absolutely wrong, all right? And uh, you don't got to wait to get to heaven with a glorified mind to understand that, uh, because the Bible is very clear. It says, his word will not return unavoid. So here's what people would say. Uh, they would say, Pastor, I read my Bible, and I just don't get anything out of it. Wrong. Now, you might think you didn't get anything out of it, but you did. Why? Because of what God says here uh, in this passage of Scripture. It doesn't return unto him void. Why? Look at number two. Uh, it accomplishes that which God pleases that it should accomplish every single time. Notice in verse number 10, the Bible says, For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven... And returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and the bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. Uh, the Bible, the word of God, is uh, the words of God that proceed out of his mouth. It has all the authority uh, it, it, that comes with it. Uh, it has 
I mentioned everything that pertains to life and godliness, uh, but God likens it to uh, the rain and the snow. Now, we're in the winter months, and, and uh, you might, uh, just like I would, get frustrate, frustrated at perhaps the amount of rain that we would get. Uh, I'm thankful that it's not snow, all right? Uh, some of you might, man, I love snow. Uh, not if you grew up where I grew up. Uh, you've learned to, uh, to not like it because a lot of snow means a lot of work, like every single day. Uh, and, uh, and I don't, you know, when I first got here to Washington State, I've got this big uh, metal snow shovel. It's about as wide as uh, the pulpit is wide. Uh, and the first snow we got, it was like about an inch uh, we lived in Federal Way at the time, and so outside I go. I'm like, I've got my, my big metal snow shovel from Wisconsin with me. So I went out in the yard and, uh, or in the driveway, and I uh, shoveled out my t- stuff to the side, and then the neighbor come out. It's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm shoveling. We had a snowstorm. Uh, and he goes, we don't shovel here. Uh, and, uh, and sure enough, it just, it just rained. In fact, I had snow in my yard longer than anybody else because I bunched it all up in a clump. Uh, and, uh, and it didn't melt like everybody. Uh, so snow. Um, you've ever heard this about snow or a snowflake? They would say something like, every snowflake is unique. Uh, and uh, so every, every you know, uh, I'm just going to have to take scientists' word for it because we can't see that, but every snowflake has a unique pattern to it, uh, and, uh, and that's an interesting thing. But one of the interesting things about snow and rain from this passage of Scripture is that every time it snows, every time it rains, uh, there's a purpose behind it. Like, I, uh, you know, you ever, you just drive it, it's like sunny out, and then it like rains within, you know, uh, 30 feet of your car, and it's not even raining anywhere else, and you wonder, what was that all about? And you begin to blame things like global warming or whatever. Uh, not too long ago, I was over at the hospital. We had uh, a, uh, went into the hospital, and when I came out of the hospital, there was three inches of hail uh, in, in, in uh, sleet that had come down in just a short amount of time. And it was absolute gridlock around the hospital. People were spun out uh, everywhere, uh, pulled over on the side of the road, uh, and, and people lose their mind around here uh, when we get any type of precipitation. Uh, I got behind, I couldn't even get out of the, the parking lot of the hospital. It took me about 45 minutes uh, to get to 512 from Good Sam's. And, uh, and at one point, there's a big backup, and it's just going down the hill, going down the hill, and I'm going around people, uh, and because I grew up driving in it, right? Uh, and, uh, and so uh, I get around, and uh, there's this lady in this car, and she's just going really, really slow. And, of course, I went around her. And as soon as you got on 512 and you started heading up the hill uh, towards Meridian, clear as clear can be. So I thought, man, that is weird. Uh, that we'd get precipitation like that and that amount's unusual in that place, and you just wonder what in the world does all that all mean? Uh, but that, see, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and His ways higher than our ways. And what the Word of God is teaching us is that it does, there's not a snowflake that hits the ground that God doesn't have a purpose for. There's not a raindrop uh, that falls out of the sky that God does not have a plan for and a purpose for. Uh, and as much as we would blame this, that, and the other, and all the science and all the speculation, uh, it, it will not rain uh, until uh, God makes it rain. Uh, and as much as we would try uh, to, to generate all that, we, we struggle, of course, because that's something that God does. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither. Uh, and you say, well, there you go, Pastor, there's a contradiction in the Bible, because in my science books... Uh, I've read that 
uh, it rains and uh, comes down and, uh, and does this, and then uh, it feeds the plants and et cetera, and then uh, it goes back up in the sky and vapor and whatever, and it collects again in the back, and it, whatever that would be called, if you need to know, you have to ask Erin, uh, and uh, she'll tell you what that is. Uh, but here's the thing. The water comes down, the rain comes down, the snow comes down, and it will not return until it's, until it's finished its purpose. And that purpose is, what is the word? The fructification. Uh, the, uh, the making fruitful or producing, uh, it will do that. It, it brings forth and buds that it may give seed to the sower uh, and bread to the eater. In every case, number three tonight, in every case, uh, it, the, the word of God prospers in respect to the end whereto God has sent it. Here's what he says. So, verse number 11, shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It says, rain comes forth from God, uh, the rain and the snow uh, from him. My word goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. That's the promise of God. It's why it's important that we don't neglect the reading of the Bible. Because every time you read your Bible, it will absolutely positively um, uh, finish the course or whatever the purpose it is that God is trying to accomplish in your life. But here's what we do. We get frustrated. we like, I read it and I didn't retain anything. Or, or how about this? Uh, we, we share with someone uh, the gospel message and we quote for, to them perhaps some verses from the Bible. Uh, and they don't get saved. And so we think, well, the Bible says that uh, we, we do it blindly. Because we, we, I've heard even people in this church say this, uh, that you know, we, we sow the seed. We, it's like it says in Ecclesiastes, we, we cast our bread uh, upon the waters. We're basically, I'm paraphrasing, trusting God for the return. We don't know. We can't regard the clouds, etc. cetera. Uh, and and we, we sow that seed because we've read uh, in our Bible reading in that 20-minute section one day, uh, however long you did that, uh, from the book of Isaiah that his word will not return unto him void. So there's some type of a, uh, of a promise in the Bible. Uh, but if we believe that promise, then why do, we, why do we neglect the reading of the Bible? Why do we neglect the, uh, the sharing uh, of Bible verses? Here's, uh, here's what, in my mind, uh, in witnessing uh, one of the things that, that I think uh, in that whole process is that I want to give people Bible. I want to give them Bible verses uh, and, because there's a promise attached to it that that word, that seed planted in that heart uh, might not yield... Uh, in those few minutes that I'm speaking with them. Uh, and in, in fact, it may not even yield uh, fruit uh, for many years later. Uh, my mom is an example. Uh, I prayed for my mom from the time I got saved uh, as a 14-year-old uh, until she got saved. I don't know, I can't think about how many years later that was. I think it was nine years or ten years uh, it, it, when she got saved. And I had, uh, I had uh, left, I would leave the Bible open on our kitchen table. And I'd underline verses. You got to understand uh, the, where I when I grew up, my mom, my dad, they were not interested in in the religion that I had found. They were not interested in the decisions that I was making. They wanted nothing to do, and they were very adamant about that. Uh, and we went rounds about it. So even uh, uh, there are people that told me uh, they said, "Bobby, it's not 
it's, it's probably not the best thing for you to do. Uh, it's just leaving Bible verses out for your mom and, and dad. And so I was like, well, you know, I kind of took the advice and thought maybe I shouldn't do that and, and stop doing it. Uh, and, but I would try to uh, share the gospel with them. Uh, I remember writing a, a letter to my mom while I was in Bible college uh, that basically said that I, I could reach thousands of people uh, in my lifetime, whatever, with the gospel. But if you uh, die and go to hell, I'd be a complete failure. So, so sowing, sowing uh, uh, not necessarily the seed of the word of God uh, into my mom, uh, but sowing uh, the seed of uh, manipulation, <laughs> uh, psychology, uh, wanting, because it seems like I couldn't reach her with the gospel, so uh, I needed to kind of lay it on thick, uh, and perhaps she would be converted. But here's the deal. The best thing that I could have done for my mom uh, was give her Bible verses. Because no matter how I would try or how many I would pray, Lord, uh, and I, I know that people can't just get saved any old time they want to. Uh, I pray that God would bring conviction to my mom, that, that she would trust Christ as her Savior. Uh, and uh, and, and uh, all those years, at one point, she was, she was <clears throat> going to church. And by the way, let me just say this. She went to church uh, because we went to church and we invited her. And we had uh, another um, uh, uh, three people uh, that went with us to church, uh, and they were our children. And Grandma wanted to be around the children. So uh, I'm saying that to say if you live in this area and you have family in this area, um, your family should be coming to church. Uh, they should desire to be. You should reach out to them in, in, in whatever. Uh, and so my, my mom went to church because we were there in that town, and we went to church. Church was what we did. Uh, and so we like, you should come to church. And so she came, and the Bible says faith comes by what? Hearing, hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, and as the Word of God and the seed of the Word of God was planting all that time, all that time it was doing the fructifying the fertilizing, uh, the producing, the fruit bearing in the heart and mind of my mom, uh, and even when I didn't think it was taken, taken hold. So, so we'll stop. We know God wants us to be uh, to pray with uh, importunity, uh, continually knocking to seek and ask, and uh, but we'll stop praying because we don't think something's happening. And the the, the idea is is that it is. And always is, even if you don't see it. Because that's the promise that he, he's like, like, he says, like the rain and like the snow that comes and does what it does and does not return unto me uh, and, and, and bring, until it bring forth the fruit, uh, the forth the bud, that it gives seeds to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish. So God's word never fails. Um, we know that with God, nothing's impossible. Uh, we know that, uh, that, uh, that his thoughts and ways are higher than our ways. But one, and and we, we cannot necessarily grasp all of that with the finite minds that we have. Um, what we've done in religion uh, is we've curated a God that's not the God of the Bible, 
So when we read in verses 6 and 7 about seeking the Lord and, uh, and forsaking wickedness and unrighteousness and returning to the Lord, uh, that he'll have mercy upon us, what we've done in Christianity is we have reduced God to a God that is not holy and just, who will tolerate sin, uh, and, uh, and just concerned about our sincerity or our heart or belief or whatever. Uh, and, and, and by the way, if you read uh, the history of this book, Isaiah, uh, and and where is and this message to God's people at that time? Uh, this was a whole change of concept in their mind about their own uh, uh, system of religion and sacrifices, etc. But God was saying to you and laying out in in a in a very prophetic way, if you will, the gospel message. And it's true today, just as it was back when it was written, uh, that we need to forsake our, uh, our way and uh, in the wickedness of it. Uh, and the, that's our ways. Our ways aren't his ways. Our ways, we're bent on doing wrong. Uh, we are in, you know, um, sinners at enmity with God. Uh, and, and desire uh, the, the lust of the eyes and, uh, and flesh, and, 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 and that's what we want to do. Uh, we, are, we are creatures uh, whose hearts are desperately wicked, uh, and, and we need Jesus uh, to save us and, and to cleanse us from our sin, uh, and, uh, and it doesn't matter what system we think up. It doesn't matter um, what... Uh, what we, uh, if we say something like, um, well, I don't think uh, that, that God would do that. Um, when the Bible is very clear that there's no one uh, that, that has excuse in Romans chapter number one. Uh, and, uh, and that's God. God it, and now, you might not like it. I might not like it. Uh, I might think that it's not fair. Uh, but but my way of thinking is not God's way of thinking, and 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 even if God just laid it, just sat me down uh, and laid out His plan uh, in in plain English to me, uh, I'd probably still have a hard time grasping uh, everything that He's trying to accomplish. So God's word will not return unto Him void. God's word will accomplish that which God uh, pleases. Uh, that it should accomplish always, uh, even if it isn't accomplishing what you want or what you think should happen. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I do uh, as a pastor <coughs> is counsel. Marriage counseling, whatever, just uh, talk to people about you know, what's going on in their life, and, uh, and, uh, and they'll, they'll want all sorts of wisdom. Uh, and so I, too, I, I, I mean, I try. I try hard. Like, I read books uh, and... and uh, like marriage books or uh, books about this, that, and the other, uh, to try to, to, to have, you know, stuff uh, that I could get, give to people. Uh, because people like, you know, um, you know, little phrases and fancy, you know, sayings and, uh, and uh, little, uh, little things that you can put on uh, your Facebook memes and, uh, and whatever, and they want, they want their problems fixed. Uh, and, and, and it's almost like they get frustrated when I say, well, here's what the Bible says. Because they don't, they, don't, they don't want the Bible. They want their problem fixed. But here's the deal. I'm going to give you Bible. I'm give you Bible verses. Why? Because I don't know how it all works, uh, but there's, there's a process that's involved that is a, an absolute win every single time. 
And there's even part of me, and I don't do this, but uh, I wouldn't, if you came to me, you know, because you've got a problem, and then I, then I give you scripture that has absolutely positively nothing to do uh, with uh, a, the solution to your problem, and then, and then bank on the fact that I, at least I gave you Bible verses and God's going to do something. I don't do that. Um, so I, but I do try to give you verses that apply. And so if we quote those verses and we, we go into the Word of God, uh, and then, then you go through that counseling session, and maybe the next one, and nothing's changed, and you think, pastor's useless. He hadn't fixed my problem one iota. Um, I'm not losing any sleep about it, and here's why. Because if I give you Bible verses, you might not think it's happening, but it's happening. The Word of God, as it is, the seed of it is sown into your heart and your life, has the promise that you read about in this passage, and it is working whether you understand it, whether you believe it, uh, and, it and, it's, and it will fulfill its purpose uh, in you, uh, and that's His plan. So tonight, if you're, you're frustrated about whatever it is, uh, you've got some situation or whatever, and I've tried to help you from the Bible, uh, or, uh, or uh, as a pastor would say, are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Uh, it's like, I don't have any money. What do I do? Read your Bible. Uh, my marriage stinks. What do I do? You read your Bible and pray. I've got this problem with addiction. What's the answer? The answer is Jesus. Read your Bible and pray. And you think, well, pastor's got zero time for me because I know I'm supposed to read my Bible. But here's, here's, the, here's the flip side of that. Um, I believe this with all my heart. If you really believe in your Bible or reading your Bible and believe what it says, um, you might not need as many counseling sessions. Uh, because, because the word of God, wherewithal shall a man, young man cleanse his way by taking what? Heed thereto according to his word. Uh, if I, I'll hide his word in my heart that I might not, what? Sin against thee. That's the secret. The secret is the Bible. The secret is the word of God. Uh, so whatever your problem is, you saturate it with the Bible. Um, and you do that before you go get Dr. So-and-so's book on this and that and relationships and whatnot. Uh, you've got to go to the Bible. Um, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Uh, because that is the promise of God. So I'm saying all that tonight as we looked at this passage this morning and this evening, uh, that God is gracious uh, in, in our thirst for spirit, our spiritual thirst for the things uh, that we need from Him. Uh, we can go to Him and, and come to Him and ask. It's a free gift. Uh, and God is full of grace and He's full of mercy. Uh, and if we incline our ear to Him uh, and come unto Him, uh, our soul shall live. And that's the promise of God. Uh, and if we repent and we forsake our wicked way and our, and our unrighteous thoughts and return to him, uh, we'll, we'll have mercy. And God is ready to do that. Um, because his, his thoughts are not my thoughts, I might not be as ready to forgive you as God is. But you think about the holiness of God, the thrice holy God of the Bible is like that, ready to, ready to forgive you and to grant you mercy if you'll only ask him with a repentant heart. Um, it is, I'm, I'm not holy, uh, I'm, I'm certainly not thrice holy, uh, and I struggle with sin and flesh and whatever, uh, and I'll have a hard time, difficult time forgiving you, even though I know and understand that I need forgiveness. But God, the God of heaven, uh, will forgive you and pardon you abundantly. 
That's a blessed promise in the word of God. And then it gets better uh, because he says he's basically he's he's reassuring them that that the people that questioned this whole concept of pardon and, and mercy uh, in the context of their religion and what they understood as Isaiah under inspiration is preaching uh, and teaching what we're reading about in Isaiah 55. They're like, oh, um, well, this is different. Uh, and he says, he says, um, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways, and they're higher. And the th- what I proceed out of my mouth is truth, and it's going to take place. Like the rain and the snow uh, that, that, that comes, it's going to accomplish that which I want. Uh, and, and, and you uh, may, might not believe it, uh, and you might not necessarily understand it, but all of creation does. Look at verse number 12. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees uh, of the field shall clap their hands. Uh, you might read that for the first time as a new Christian and wonder, what in the world am I reading? The mountains and hills breaking forth into singing, uh, and, uh, and, and trees clapping their hands. Uh, I don't know where you live, preacher, uh, but the trees in, in, in my cul-de-sac got no hands, and there ain't any clapping involved. In fact, if I saw a tree clapping, uh, I would be gone <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and running away. Uh, but the idea is uh, that the creation, the creation understands. Creation gets it. The creation rejoices. And what God's trying to convince me as a person is that everything understands and believe this, you need to as well. Uh, and you need to trust me. Instead of the thorn shall come up a fir tree. Instead of a briar shall come up the myrtle tree. Why? Because of the fruitifying power of God's word that will never, ever fail us. So be patient. And, uh, and, and so you don't think it's working uh, so next, the next time you just pick up your Bible and you start reading it again. But pastor, I've just, I, 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 it's not helping me. It is. You can't say that. I can. Because that's what the book says. It will not return void. You might not think it's working, but it is absolutely 100% working. Now, it would be wonderful if you could just, you know, um, cut out all the distractions uh, and things around you so you can concentrate because a lot of the difficulty we have in our comprehension has nothing to do with how hard the Bible is to understand. It has everything to do uh, that we cannot pay attention to something for less than, you know, two, you know, more than two seconds. We're completely distracted. So remove those distractions and get you alone somewhere. Um, we, uh, one of my friends, Brother Shifflett, he's been here <coughs> and uh, preached messages and stuff, uh, meetings for us. Uh, and he had talked about having a place in their church that, uh, that was like a prayer closet uh, for him. And uh, so they took this, this there's a study that, that I've used while I was there. And uh, off of that, there was a, a, a closet. Uh, and they went in there and, and, and took everything out and put up nice, uh, nice walls and, and, and wood walls and a, a, a prayer thing. He's got uh, cards that are up on the wall for his prayer list and things, a seat uh, for him, to a chair to sit in uh, or to kneel by and a place, a little uh, thing for uh, his Bible. Uh, what is the purpose of all that? He's got a, an office at his house. He's got an office in the church. Uh, their, their church property is probably twice the size uh, of ours. Uh, certainly he could go find a place uh, and, uh, and read the Bible. It's just a place that has zero distractions. There's no computer in there. Uh, and uh, what they ought to put in there is a cell phone jammer. Uh, and uh, in fact, we ought to put one of those in church. 
Uh, and uh, maybe I will one time. You say, see, legal. I ain't going to tell you if I did it. Uh, and uh, and uh, just, oh, I can't, I can't check the, the Seahawks game. They're playing right now. And uh, why? Because we're, just com- we're completely distracted with all that stuff. And, and we have the audacity uh, to blame God for his word not working. So what do we accomplish tonight? We have, we have um, taken uh, your excuse away uh, that the Bible's not working for you. It's not working for me. You're no exception. You don't understand, Pastor. I don't, you know, uh, I'm not smart or, you know, whatever. I can't read the King's English and the King James Version is just so hard. And, and if you have the Holy Spirit of God in you, uh, he'll help you. Um, but even if you think he's not, he is. And so uh, the Lord will... You ever, you ever quote a verse you didn't even know you memorized? That's what I'm talking about. It's in there. And the Holy Spirit of God will bring it out uh, when you need it. And even if you can't recall it, it's in there. God has miraculously created us and given us a, a brain uh, that is, is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, tool, uh, uh, reta- retaining especially uh, things with the Word of God. And then you just couple that with the fact uh, of the, its fructifying power, uh, and we just can't go wrong with reading it. So read your Bible. Uh, let's all stand tonight, and, uh, and we'll pray.